As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It's the iconic venture capital firm. Kleiner Perkins Caulfield Buyers made its name investing early in Google, Amazon, Genentech. But a series of missed investments left many wondering if the glory days of Kleiner were over. Then the firm was rocked by the most closely watched trial in Silicon Valley history, revealing intimate details about why Ellen Pao sued the firm for gender discrimination and sparking debate about equality for women in business worldwide. Joining me today on Studio 1.0, Kleiner General Partners John Doerr and Beth Seidenberg. Thank you guys both so much for doing this. It's great to have you here. Thank it's you. a pleasure to be here. You've been quiet for a long time, quiet through the trial. Why are you here? You know, nobody likes litigation, and we're human. This trial was painful. But at the end of the day, six women and six men heard five and a half weeks worth of testimony, and they deliberated for a day and a half. And they found decisively on the facts that Kleiner did not discriminate, we did not retaliate, and that Ellen's claims had no merit. Now, we know there was a second trial going on in the court of public opinion. And uh, on this topic of diversity, it found against the technology industry and we in the venture industry. We get that. Do you feel like you lost in the court of public opinion? I'm sorry that it's been so hard for our entrepreneurs and my partners to go through this. But more than anything else, I'm sorry that it's hard for venture capital and minorities in the tech industry. Look, this is very personal. I have two daughters. And so getting to a 50-50 world where they and everyone can participate is super important. You've been at Kleiner Perkins for 35 years. How did you feel when Ellen Powell sued you? Uh, disappointed, uh, betrayed. I read her suit and the world she described was not what our partnership is or what we stand for. This has been going on for three years so far. What's it been like behind the scenes? It's been hard, but we've been focused on our business and on our results. Ellen Powell says she repeatedly was excluded from meetings, from dinners, from emails, that she repeatedly brought her concerns to management and asked for better HR policies to deal with these kinds of issues. And those requests fell on deaf ears. How do you answer that? So that's not been my experience. But Emily, I know as a woman that I've often been the only, mm -hmm. the only woman on a leadership team, the only woman to this day, many of my boards, I'm the only woman. So it's hard, which is why we're excited about some of the initiatives and things that we're doing 
to try and improve the situation. Sheryl Sandberg told me she saw herself in Ellen Powell. Many women have said the same thing in the technology industry. Yahoo's former CFO, Sue Decker, said, many of the examples raised in this trial are behaviors I have personally witnessed along the way. It happens in little incremental steps that often seem so small in isolation that any individual act seems silly to complain about, so we move on. But in aggregate, with the perspective of hindsight, they are real. How do you respond to this idea that while this may not be discrimination, according to the letter of the law, small, repeated slights can have a real impact on yeah. someone. There's no question. All of us women saw ourselves in this situation. We're often the minority. But do you understand how a lot of these things can be small things, yet in, in isolation they don't seem like a big deal, but altogether they are? Yes, I understand that. We understand that. And we all possess biases hidden bias, unconscious bias. So it's important to be aware of those and to act on them, to mitigate them, so you can uh, get the best out of all your people, so you can make better decisions. The great irony is that Kleiner has had women in leadership, women top partners for a very long time. And there are still many top firms, like Andreessen Horowitz and Sequoia, who have none. Is there a fundamental problem in the VC industry? Sure, it's pathetic. 6% yeah. of the venture capitalists are female. It, it's, that, that's ridiculous. John, is it just a pipeline thing or are people not looking hard enough? I think people aren't looking hard enough. And they're not trying hard enough. If you want to hire outstanding women, you go find outstanding women. I worked to recruit Mary Meeker for over a decade. We looked long and hard. Over a Dr. decade. Be that's yeah. right. Yeah. It was a concerted campaign. I hired Mary not because she's a woman. I hired Mary because she's the best in the world at the job she does, as is Dr. Beth Seidenberg. You know, this, this thing that, you know, Andreessen Horowitz, that you have to be a founder, you have to be a CEO, is that closing the door on a lot of potentially good candidates? Yes. It is. So, John, Ellen is someone you personally brought into the firm. She was your chief of staff. You were her mentor. How did you feel when you found out she was suing you? I was sick. It, uh, it, was, it was painful. Ellen was... a a good chief of staff, but when I read the charges, I knew from that very moment that uh, these had no merit. How aware were you of the situation? Like when she was there, how aware were you that she was unhappy? You, you know, I'd, I'd rather not get into the past. Okay. It's, uh, Ellen did some really good things, and I wish her well at uh, Reddit. Now she's the CEO of Reddit. She's making some bold moves. Was she really not senior partner material? It's important to look at the difference between being an operator or being an investor. And in, uh, I, I think Ellen can be a really great CEO. I, I hope that she is. But uh, to be a successful investing partner is a really different job. Have you talked to her at all? Uh, only briefly in the trial. What did you guys say? I said, hi, Ellen. How's your family? How are you doing? What'd she say? Okay. That's it? That's it. I haven't spoken with her since. Why didn't you try harder to settle? I've always believed that this matter ought to be resolved outside the courts. Uh, believe me, from the very beginning, and it just wasn't possible. Ellen is proceeding with an appeal. She's asking for $2.7 million to walk away. Why not just pay her and be done with it? If it were that easy, it would have been done. I will just tell you, it's not possible. And we have tried. Like, how hard did you try? Very hard. The details there are, are really not 
okay. what matters. What matters is we've tried really hard and it's not possible at this time. Do you feel like if you pay her this $2.7 million, it's like an admission of guilt? I'm sorry this happened to Ellen, that it happened to us, it happened to the tech industry. This isn't a question of guilt. It's a civil case, and so the question is liability. And is it an admission of liability? The jury found we're not liable mm -hmm. after five and a half weeks of testimony, so no, it's not. Look, Emily, I'm sad anybody has a bad experience at Kleiner Perkins, and, and Ellen did, but we're moving forward. We're uh, we know there's more we can do, we can be better. What is it like being a female partner at Kleiner and being a female venture capitalist? What is that so, like? Yeah, so being a female partner at Kleiner has been the best work environment of my career. And that's because I'm surrounded by great women and great partners. Other women have left Kleiner. Aileen Lee is gone, Trey Vasayo is gone. Does this alarm you? No, you know, over the history of Kleiner Perkins, more than 30 junior partners have come to work in our organization and then gone on to do amazing things. But do you worry, John, that Kleiner could be a difficult place for diverse candidates to succeed? I'm always interested in having Kleiner be the best place where the best people can do their work. How did you talk to your daughters about this? I talked to them over the dinner table, and uh, my youngest daughter, Esther, uh, came to be in the courtroom the day that I testified. They're really smart. They knew what was happening. Why not have an HR department? Uh, we're a small firm. We brought in HR experts. We put in place HR policies. Uh, and we have somebody who comes in and helps us with HR issues as a consultant. John, do you feel like you made any mistakes in how you ran the firm? Well, I don't run the firm. I've always had partners to run it together with me. So. I help a little. <laughs> <laughs> like, help a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm one of six general partners. Um, do we make mistakes? Sure we do, but we do. learn from them and try not to make the same mistakes again. Do you feel like you made any mistakes with regard to Ellen Powell? I think it was an error f to promote Ellen into an investing partner role. That didn't work out f for her. She was a really good chief of staff, but not a good investor. So you don't think she should have ever been an investor? She should have been given the shot, which we did. But you asked, did I make a mistake? Did we make a mistake? Well, that didn't work out. Do you think you made any mistakes when it came to listening to her complaints? No. Beth, do you feel there were any mistakes made in how the firm was run? No. And we're really looking forward. Are you doing anything differently now? Yes. Absolutely. We're doing a lot. Because sure, of what's we, happened? Because of what's happened. Yeah, we are, we are doubling down on diversity. We're taking our firm through unconscious bias training. I've been through it myself, and we're gonna take that to all the portfolio companies where we serve on the board. The second thing we're doing is we're publishing a diversity report. So you can judge us not by our rhetoric, but by our results. And the third thing we're doing is we're improving the pipeline. We have a Kleiner Fellows program, which is bringing top students from universities around the country and we're focused on diversity there. But do you worry about how this has affected your, rep your, your reputation? I mean, do you worry about the image so of Kleiner? The results of the partnership are some of the best we've ever seen. Emily, in the last 24 months, Kleiner has generated $4 billion of returns. We had the most exits last year of any venture firm, 13 such exits. We've had huge winners like Nest, which we helped incubate, largest, second largest acquisition by Google. Mm -hmm. So we're really doing well in a, in a competitive environment. You guys made a dramatic shakeup a couple of years ago. Of two dozen junior partners, only five were promoted, 19 were 
fired or told to get an operating role at a company. You now have a partnership of six general partners. You guys are equals in this partnership. How is it going? How strong do you feel the partnership is today? The partnership's firing on all cylinders. It, it's, uh, as, as it's better than I ever remember. John, you've been at the firm for 35 years, and Kleiner historically was a more early stage, earlier stage fund, got in early. It seems like you're making more later stage investments. Is this a fundamental shift in strategy? Adding later stage investments is a strategic thing that we're doing at the partnership. Early stage venture capital, from incubations to startups, remains the bread and butter of our, our business. But companies are staying private longer than ever before. They're raising more capital, and we believe if you're if you're if you're smart, if you're careful about the choices that you make, uh, you can earn six times on your money on Twitter or eleven times your money on Lending Club while helping these entrepreneurs build great companies. So we want to find amazing entrepreneurs and go with them on the entire journey. You know, there's growing concerns about valuations of non-public tech companies, all these unicorns. Do you think that these valuations are getting ahead of startups' ability to grow? I, I think with respect to the public markets, we're in a rare period of normalcy, where good companies can go public and bad ones can't. In the private market, there's uh, pockets of uh, valuations that are too high and pockets of valuations that are too low. So no bubble. The sky's not falling. This is a boom. It's not a bubble. It's a long boom. And that's because of the extraordinary effect that these devices have had. We've got two and a half billion people now are carrying these around and another billion to come. So an entrepreneur, an innovator can create a new product or a service and in a week have a billion people using it. That, that's different. What's also different is the amount of capital that's flowing into Silicon Valley. I mean, private equity firms, hedge funds, people like Carl Icahn. What do you make of that trend? I mean, is it creating more competition for you? It's so incredibly competitive out there that we have to wake up every morning and compete to win and work with the best entrepreneurs. There's never been a better time than now to start a new company. It's great for companies, but is it great for investors? If the markets were not really large and growing, it would be bad for investors. But that's not the case. We're and the, and in the, the midst of insurmountable opportunity. So other investors like Mark Andreessen, Bill Gurley, have been a bit more doomsday about the scenario going on, just saying that you know there are startups out there that are burning cash, burn rates are too high. The cycle of success and failure goes on all the time. And I think we'll see the same thing here. If a company is at too high a valuation and they're raising too much money, that's not going to last forever. Yes, companies are going to fail. There's going to be winners and losers. But you can only lose one times your money. If you invent a really valuable new service, uh, a, a new kind of product, uh, that makes the world better. John, you're the guy that you put bets on Google and Amazon early. What do you see out there that could be the next Google, the next Amazon? Gosh, there's three areas I'm really excited about. One of them is a revolution in education. Education's uh, one of the largest uh, parts of our economy, and it's well positioned for improvement. So, But there haven't been many multi-billion dollar education no, companies? No, there haven't, but there will be. Second area I'm really excited about is on-demand services. So. Yes, we're investors in Uber, but if you look at Instacart or DoorDash or Ship, uh, 
these devices are a remote control for the world, right? And you can summon services and take friction out of uh, all kinds of everyday activities. It's interesting you use that example because Chris Saka just told me, who is also an Uber investor, that he didn't invest in Instacart and Postmates and Ship because he thinks that Uber is going to do that. Well, I spoke with Travis before we made those investments and got a different sense. I'm not here to tell you what their strategy is, but we were pretty thoughtful uh, about that. The third area, though, that I think is uh, explosive is what happens with these devices in emerging markets. Now, the next billion cell phone users are going to come from India and China. So the idea that all of our contact information is trapped in this phone is, is really an old idea. It, they, they belong up in the cloud like a cloud-based white pages or yellow pages. So uh, Beth and I, we backed some entrepreneurs out of Stockholm who uh, called TrueCaller, and they have over a billion and a half phone numbers now in the cloud. This is a, a really good idea whose uh, time has come. Kleiner famously made a big bet on clean tech, which didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. How much do you worry about making that mistake again or missing the next Google or the next Amazon? I don't want to make mistakes, but most importantly, <laughs> I don't want to repeat mistakes. And our limited partners have said, we want you to pioneer new areas and, and explore really disruptive changes. An example of one of those that I'm really excited about is augmented, not virtual, but augmented reality. So hopefully sometime later this year, you'll be able to put on a set of magic leap glasses. You know, Facebook obviously has made big bets on virtual reality. Why do you why do you say augmented versus virtual reality? Do you think that was a good bet for Facebook? Well, I think so. Facebook's a great company. Mm -hmm. But uh, the idea that you'll block out everything to mm -hmm. get your experience of the world is, is one approach. I think the larger one is to see anything overlaid on the world that you're really in. I saw you wearing Google Glass yes. when it debuted, uh, but it hasn't worked out. What, is, what can the next iteration of Google Glass do to be better? Well, I couldn't really comment on that, but Tony Fidel's very committed to it. How I'm, optimistic I'm, are I'm, you I'm, about wearing this thing on your face all day long? It won't look like that thing as it gets better and better. Mm -hmm. uh, Apple Watches will get better and better. Do you have one? I do. What do you think? It's a uh, Rev1. It, uh, it's a fun thing. Of the four major platforms, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple, are those going to be the four major platforms 10 years from now? The conventional wisdom would be probably not. But the truth of the matter, in my view, is that these are four amazing companies with really talented people and proven propositions uh, to consumers that I think are durable, that are going to last well more than a decade. If you look at the stuff that's going on at Apple, it's probably the first company to a trillion dollars in market cap. What about an Apple car? I think it sounds like a great idea. I yeah. had a lot of conversations with Steve. I wanted him to build a car. And one of the wonderful qualities about Steve was he was incredibly focused. He was really good at saying no. So at the time he said, we're not ready? Yep. What about TV? Did you talk to him about TV at all? Yes. What did he say? He said, I think I've cracked the code on Apple TV. Do you think Apple has cracked the code? Like, do you believe him? I do. So what are we waiting for? Maybe deals with the media companies. As I understand it, Kleiner was in talks to merge with Chamath Palihapitiya's firm, Social Capital Partnership. What happened there? Venture firms don't merge. <laughs> They're partnerships of partners, and we're always talking to people we think are really great, 
about whether or not they'd fit in the Kleiner team or not. So what happened with Chamath? It wouldn't fit. Did he really want to be CEO? If he did, it really wouldn't work wouldn't because work. partnerships don't have CEOs. We are looking for people all the time. We're recruiting on an ongoing basis. But I want to be really clear about something. Chamath is brilliant. And yes. We co-invest with him and his team, which is also very good. I've heard whispers in the market that you're actively talking to other funds about maybe the word isn't merging, but somehow working more closely. Partners leave partnerships, join new partnerships. We're talking to people, to individuals, to join our team. And we're always doing that, and we're excited that we're going to add one this summer, and we expect we'll probably add another one by the, another partner by the end of the year. Succession in VC firms has historically been difficult. What is the succession plan at Kleiner Perkins? At any given time, Kleiner has been unusual in that we have multiple generations of partners, and we've been diverse in age, in gender, and in ethnicity. So we're on our fourth generation transition in 40 years. And I'm confident we're going to do it successfully. How long do you plan to stay at I'll, the firm? Uh, I have no present plans to leave. But this is your baby. That may be a public perception, but it's not reality. The reality is it's a partnership. So where do you see Kleider Perkins in the next 10 years? A top three venture capital firm that's pioneering in breakthrough risky fields like augmented reality that's even more diverse than we are today and that's backing the world's best entrepreneurs. John Doerr and Beth Seidenberg of Kleiner Perkins, thank you both so much for joining us. It's been really great to have you. Emily, thank you. Thank you for you having us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, like, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world.